You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome. What's up, Theater Geeks? What is up? Every time you push the button, I just get like a boost of the giggles. (laughs) I don't know why. I see the little red button. I'm like, no, no, here it comes. It's like bubbling up, <laughs> bubbling up from my diaphragm. <laughs> funny. So f- I'm glad it's still, you still get very excited. <laughs> that I'm still, You've been yeah. doing it three years, so that's great. <laughs> Keep the joy. Still feels fresh. Now we'll come back at like year seven and be like, okay, now let's check in with each other. Are we still happy with each other? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so funny. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I was watching uh, the episode because we didn't watch together this week, but I was watching and I had this moment of like, I had that weird dream last night and it had nothing to do with the episode, but I wrote it down because I want to tell you about it. And it's not an actual thing at all. (laughs) Okay. All I remember is that I moved back to Illinois and I needed to get a new license and they have this new enhanced license in Illinois now, I guess everywhere now. Yeah. Uh, And so I was getting my new enhanced license and they hand it over to me. And the picture that's on there is like from Facebook from like seven years ago, (laughs) like me with long hair. It was like one of my old headshots. And I was looking at, I was like, why didn't they just take a picture of me like right now? And then the picture changed. And I realized that what it was is like a digital photo album and it just changes all of the pictures will just change (laughs) from my pictures on digital social media. And I literally was like, this is the worst. I don't want that stuff on my license. Like, what if it's a picture of my dog? I don't, I don't understand. Like it was so awkward and weird. And I wrote it down at the top of the page. I'll show you weird dream. (laughs) driver's license because it came to me and I was like I have to tell Ebony (laughs) this hysterical photo album it was so weird I was like well this is very enhanced if you consider (laughs) yes it felt felt like total recall it was like a weird (laughs) 
like 80s sci-fi, mm-hmm. <laughs> which mm-hmm. is completely different from 60s sci-fi and completely different from like post-apocalyptic sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, which is what everyone makes now, which is usually very depressing. Very, but also now um, kind of closer than comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like to watch that. Yeah, that's we. I think in another episode we talked about how we both can't really do Although we are sure that it's absolutely phenomenal, but uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. It's just too close to home. I still haven't gotten past episode one of season three because, or maybe it's, no, it's not even season three, it's season two. Episode one of season two. I just can't. I can't. Yeah. There's, um. It's someone- never started because I read the book in college. And I read the, I just read the book most recently. And okay. even, mm-hmm. even then I was like, ooh, you know what I mean and then I and then I watched the show because I was going to read the precursor to the actual show because I wanted to see how close they uh, you can't it's a short story really if you consider Mm -hmm. it's a very short little book it's a you know an easy quick read so they've definitely expounded on it within the realms of the tv show and and it's basically like halfway through or maybe three quarters of the way through the first season that's the book's ending Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then it continues. So you're like, oh, okay, they're going to like really get into this. But anyway, I just can't. Yeah. Nope. Oh, and then someone posted on Facebook today a picture of four handmaids sitting by a brick wall, right? And one of them is saying, oh, shoot, I was knew I was going to forget. And it's really funny. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. But it's like the four of them sitting against the wall. And one of them is like, well, I mean, I... I didn't want to, but I just couldn't vote for Biden. Like oh, that was that no. was the subtitle on it. Oh. And it was like, oh, oh dear. Everyone get out there and vote. <laughs> just no. get out there and vote. I, there's um I wish I could remember the movie we were watching. Oh, it was Emma. The newest Emma. Yeah. Did you see it? Have I you seen didn't. it? Um, so I watched it in June, no, July, (laughs) and there's just, like, a group of women walking together in these, like, Handmaid's Tale colored red cloaks. Yeah. Just, like, randomly throughout the movie. Really? Yeah, and I I was, like, uh, we were on Zoom, we were, like, a bunch of us were watching it together, and I said, is it, is this supposed to creep us out? Cause this is like, this feels like, I mean, they walking in line, just like Handmaid's Tale. And I'm really, I haven't like, I usually, um, yeah, like look it up and- watch interviews with the director. I haven't done that yet, but I'm just really curious if she's sort of like highlighting yeah. the fact that women didn't really have autonomy back then and how, wow. you know what I mean? Like close yeah. it is to, because they pop up, like, it's a very light, sweet, bubblegum movie. But then all of a sudden, these women in Handmaid's Tale colored red cloaks are just walking together in scenes. And I, I, um, I was in the chat and I was like, are you, is anybody else picking up on this? And, and my roommate, Megan, I said, this is, is this supposed to creep us out? And Megan said, well, if it is, it's working. Yeah. Well, because then I also, because I mean, a lot of things can be said about that. The right. the fact that Jane Austen was a feminist in her and way ahead of her time, right. um, 
and, and that she gives power in the way that these women could have power back then. Right. A hundred, a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> but I also kind of wonder if, I mean, it very well could be uh, uh, the kind of picture that the director was wanting to add to that. Yeah. But I wonder also if maybe a red cloak had something to do with the time, like did nuns wear red or, you know, was it like a symbolical thing? Um, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? That's really interesting yeah. though. Yeah. It, it happens. I want to say three times and I just oh. stopped. Then you're like, yeah, that's not coincidence. <laughs> no, it was it definitely. I was like, we are meant, meant to see them. We are meant to see them. I'm really curious as to what she was doing with that. I'm curious too. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> now let's talk about Smash. <laughs> Smash. I mean, this is all on the same topic because normally we're pretty outraged at the way that men are treating women in this show. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. This episode is no exception. No exception at all. Plenty of lots of great material on my notepad about those (laughs) specific things. (laughs) Just, I'm so, because I'm not outraged. Where are we beginning? Well, I was going to start with Michael and Julia. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. this one doesn't make me mad as much as it makes me so sad and upset. Yeah. She is married. He is married. They both have families and they both have lives. And she several times has said to him, no, 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 unequivocally no. Mm -hmm. And every time he comes back and he, and very much like a predator. Yes. Almost coerce. Well, he does coerce her. He blackmails her. Yeah. Into coming together with him, meeting him That's in right. the studio, and then they have- And then is like, why, well, why else did you come here? It's because oh, you know. blackmailed me on the phone. So I wrote that. I wrote, angry. Michael, why are you here? Um, blackmail? <laughs> That's right. Yes. I was actually pissed. Oh, me too. <laughs> Me too, because he did it twice. Yeah. There was that time on the phone, mm-hmm. but there was the t- they had just gotten to rehearsal and he comes up and he's like, you got to talk to me. She's like, no, I'm not going to talk to you right now. And he goes, if you don't talk to me, I'll make a scene and everyone will know. Yeah. Oh, at least that time she was like, I don't care. And then she left the, the yeah. situation. This yeah. is the, and this is the problem. If you are truly committed to the person you are married to, mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. this stuff has to come to the top of the, uh, of the conversation. It just has yeah. to. Yeah. So the fact is you had an affair five years ago. Mm-hmm. At the time it ended, well, at the time it happened, you should have come clean. Right. You didn't. So now you've mm-hmm. been sitting on the secret for five years. Well, now it's popped up again. Now what are right. you going to do? Now it's worse. Right. Because now if you come clean, your husband will never be able to trust you. Right. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to trust you. If I were in a relationship with someone who had, a, who had an affair with someone. While well, we were with you. Me, right. Didn't yeah. tell me. And now is working with that person again, and then they had another affair. Guess what? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. If yeah. you if you truly thought about my feelings, 
then you would have told me and you would have trusted that I could have, you know, dealt with the situation then. Mm -hmm. But she didn't. But now I think it's even more important that she just say, I have to talk to you about something and it might be the decimation of our relationship, but I Mm -hmm. owe it to you as a human being and as a person that I have told I love to be honest, Mm -hmm. especially because you have children. Right. And the fact that like, here's the thing about Leo. Mm. Leo for we're on episode six. And so he's not a moody teenager. No, you know, like he's, I was going to bring this up too. keep going. (laughs) He's not a moody kid, right? Like he, he clearly loves his parents. Mm -hmm. He's totally on board to have a a little sister. He comes home early from school. I mean, he just adores his parents. Right. And so all of a sudden he changes, he's short with her. He's, and it's like, she doesn't pick up on the fact that like, he's become a different kid. Yeah. Yep. And And I was getting all these little snide remarks about her character. And I'm just like, Julia. Right. The thing is, she's stuck in her own little time loop, yeah. in her own yeah. mind about kissing him and making a mistake, but maybe it's not a mistake and I really want to be with him, but I shouldn't be with him. Like she's, she's stuck in her own, her own emotions. Mm-hmm. But, but here's another thing that I brought up about that particular scene that you're talking about. So this is the yeah. scene where Leo is, uh, is having breakfast in the morning. Julia's like thinking so hard that she burns the pancakes and he's like, yeah. mom. And she's like, what? I cut off the burnt parts. And he's like, I don't even want pancakes. Pancakes are your favorite. Well, I told you I wanted cereal. And I'm thinking- Because he was like, he knew she was a terrible cook. But also, he's a teenager. Get your own breakfast. Right. (laughs) Well, and he just wanted cereal. It was like- He, he was not thing. like he's a bratty teenager asking like, why don't you make me a full breakfast in the morning? He's like, can I just like, can, can you just hand me the box? Yeah. I mean, he is dropping <laughs> clues left and right that he knows what she did, especially yeah. once Frank comes home. Cause yeah. Frank, the husband gets home early, mm-hmm. earlier than they expected. And she's like, Oh, I'm so glad you're home. Never leave again. And Leo's like, yeah, please don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, let's just listen, lady. Listen to one of the things that he has said in this context. And right. maybe, maybe he, he's feeling something big <laughs> that doesn't jibe with what you think is going on in his world. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, but that's the one that, yeah. like, upsets me the most. Because yeah. it is. It's yeah. like this whole episode should have been called coercion. Right. Yeah. Now you've also, and I'm going to switch topics. Are you done talking about, okay. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to switch now to Derek and Ivy. So Ivy Ivy wakes up and she's practicing her song and like hits this weird bubble in her throat. And she's like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, that was weird. And then she gets to rehearsal and starts to sing, but she has no voice. Like it's her voice is gone, which is a very scary thing. If you've ever dealt with that before. Mm -hmm. And in these kinds of rehearsals, like you can't, (laughs) yeah. You can't just mark it. 
in these rehearsals. You can't just go through the motions because they need to see everything on its feet at 100% in order to create the next scene. So it's like, you know, you're just going at full tilt this whole time and it's stressful and it's a lot, right? So now she doesn't Mm -hmm. have a voice. She goes to the doctor. Doctor says it's just inflammation. Nothing is like seriously wrong, but she needs to go on vocal rest. He does give her some prednisone, which is a steroid Mm -hmm. that takes down the inflammation. However, if you've ever been on a steroid before, Mm -hmm. it has enormous amounts of side effects, especially to someone that is using that muscle on a daily basis. Right. So you're not just going to shoot up. Well, you might, you might shoot up like a, the knee of a football player because he's got mm-hmm. one game to play. And as soon as that game is over, he's going to rest and relax and he doesn't have to play on that knee again until whenever. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about a singer, if the inflammation is in their vocal cords, is in their neck, is in their neck muscles, in all of that area, that's their instrument, right? That's all of the stuff that they're using, including like their lungs and their diaphragm. But like the, the most of the bulk of the job falls on that area of their throat. Right. If you put them on prednisone, if you put them on a steroid, they're going to feel better. They're going to feel invincible. And then they're going to do irreparable damage while singing on prednisone. If it's like a one-time concert, great. That's not going to be a big deal. But if you're constantly hitting those notes over and over and over and over and over again for days Mm -hmm. at a time while also on steroids, terrible. Now let's talk about the side effects because it is mentioned in this episode that I know has a a high sensitivity to, to steroids. Yes. To any drugs, I think it says, but especially to this, but like side effects can be weight gain, which we all love, right? It can also be hallucinations, mood swings. It can be like feelings of despair. Mm -hmm. Like this is not something that you should take lightly, right? Right. She's not going to go on them. And because she's afraid of all of these effects with good reason. Yes. Very good reason. She makes it very clear to Tom that she's not going to go on them. So Tom goes back to the director, Derek, Eileen is there. Julie is there. Um, I think that's it. All of the creatives are there. And he says, listen, so it's just swollen. It's just inflamed. It's not, there's no permanent damage, but she's going to be on vocal rest for tomorrow. Um, And she's not going to go on the prednisone unless she needs to, because she's highly sensitive. Yeah. And then he makes a point to say to Derek, don't dare me. Oh, because they do talk about using Karen then instead of I. Who is, who is, um, who had like dropped her papers. So she was. (laughs) Under the the piano. I wrote this down. I was like, oh, how convenient that her bag dumps out right behind the piano and yeah. she has to duck down out of view. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she's in so, the room listening to this, all of this as well. Well, someone mm-hmm. I think is like, well, what about our other Marilyn? And Tom's like, what other Marilyn? And he's like, she could do it. Karen could do it, right? Well, and then they're like, I mean, hypothetically, of course she can do it. She's very talented. We wouldn't have considered her for the role if she wasn't, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But Tom says to Derek, don't you dare mention this to Ivy yeah. because stress is a huge player in this kind of an injury on your voice. Yeah. And it's only going to make it worse, right? So what does Derek do? He goes over to see Ivy and in the first sentence says, yeah. well, you got the prednisone, right? And she goes, yeah, but there's so many side effects. And, she's, and he's like, well, listen... I mean, if you can't do it, someone else is going to have to. 
And so then he leaves and she like picks up the bottle of pills and like stares longingly at it. Like it's going to save her life. Right. But it is going to save her life in this particular, but this happens all the time. Ebony, this kind of coercion happens all the time. I, as an equity member Mm -hmm. and as an employee of a company, do not have to tell you anything except that I am an actor calling out. That is all I have to say. Mm -hmm. So I call and I say, this is Pamela Shandro. I am calling out of the show tonight. I don't have to give you more details. Sometimes I do if I feel it's necessary. If Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, hey, listen, it might be a couple of days. I might mention that. Mm -hmm. But I don't have to. I don't have to give you anything, right? There are so many times in calling out of a show that they would try to coerce this information from me and then try to be like, well, I mean, what if you just came in and did the show, but we took your mic off? (laughs) Well, but what if you just, you know, if you could just like make it through the end of the weekend and you're just like, what you don't understand is that I have an intimate awareness of what my body is doing and how it performs. Mm -hmm. And if I'm feeling like I need to not sing tonight, it is because I don't want to miss four days next week. Right. Instead of just this one night. Exactly. So it's like, you know, this is what we train for actors and singers and dancers. This is, we know our bodies because our bodies are our instruments. This is what we use to do our jobs, but the creatives and the people that are in charge of us don't care about our instruments. They don't care about our health. So all they want is money. And if your calling out of the show is going to cost them money, right? Then they're going to try to get you go no matter what. In this sitting setting, though, it's I mean it's it's disgusting. Yeah. It's always disgusting. Well, because it's like especially in this case, it's like if you destroy her her voice per, like permanently, you've lost your Marilyn. Right. <laughs> like she'll do the workshop, but she's not going to be able to go out of town with you, and she's certainly right. not going to make it to Broadway. Right. I he. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so then, so he does that. He scares her into taking it. She she takes it, and she literally has like tons of the side effects. So yeah. she goes into rehearsal the next day. He's like, "How are you feeling?" She's like, "Well, I'm feeling like sweaty, and I woke up in the middle of the night all shaky." And like, I mean, she yeah. so she's not gotten good sleep, which is terrible. Yeah, terrible when you're in a lead in a show. And when you're already ill. <laughs> yes, and you're already ill. So she just, she's not getting sleep. She's having sweats, which she wasn't having before. So that means, like, her temperature is all over the freaking mm-hmm. place. Uh, like, and then later that day when she's home, she begins to have hallucinations. Right. Oh, well, wait, because before we go there, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. When she's telling him how she feels, then he goes, yes, but how's your voice? Yeah, so selfish. So selfish. Okay, now we can split back to the hallucinations. And like she, she's like, she has that like, you hope it's an epiphany, but nope. moment where he says that and she's just like, you don't give a crap about me. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, Ivy. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he is a self-centered piece of garbage. Yep. 
Right. So then that night she has a hallucination about the thing he threatened her with, which was basically Karen potentially playing Marilyn. So she sees Karen in the window in her mirror saying, you know, something like, um, uh, you're not okay. Like, I think I says, I'm okay. I'm okay. Can you do this? And then the mirror Marilyn, who's Karen says, you can't do this. Yeah. It was actually a very funny moment. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. But then she like freaks out. And this was after she sang. And I can't remember the name of the song. I don't know the songs. If they're like more secular music, I don't know them. Uh, I did know the one that Karen sang at the bar mitzvah, but we'll talk about that in a second. (laughs) But yeah. um, I I knew this song and now, but I, I, I've lost it anyway. Um, so like it's okay to be okay. It's okay to be not okay. Yeah, something like okay, that. Okay, I'm gonna look. I have to look it up because <laughs> this is terrible if we don't. It know. was re- and it, she's so good. I love Megan yeah. Hilty so much because she just and and Catherine McPhee like they're just powerhouses and their voices Amazing. are spectacular and you there's not a trace of auto tune. It's it's just beautiful. It really me? really truly is. Yeah. Um, Okay, so she gets all freaked out, right? Mm-hmm. And so then uh, Tom is at a party with his new boyfriend. And his pretentious friends. Yeah, so pretentious. Ugh, they were disgusting. It wasn't fun. It no. Wasn't fun. But you know what? This is why I love this man is because <laughs> his boyfriend was very aware. He's like, that later on in the episode, they're together, yeah. and he and he's and he and Tom just tries to be so um, diplomatic and really <laughs> sweet about it. And his boyfriend's like, they're terrible. Yeah, his name is John. <laughs> I finally John. wrote it down. <laughs> John is so sweet, and he's yeah. And he's like, they're they're boring. They're terrible. And he's completely. Like, yeah. I mean, like the conversation they were having was like, well, there was that house on Long Island that I was going to oh. buy, like two million. Which is so cheap, right? It's Ugh, so cheap gross. right now. It's such a good price. I was like, "Wow, you're so gross." <laughs> so gross. Uh, you the jobs were boring, in? right? <laughs> what are you going to invest in these days? What do you got to invest in? And Tom's like Broadway musicals, and they both go, oh, "It's so gross." <laughs> it's just not not ideal. They're not ideal. And Tom is right. He's like, I don't, I don't think I end up with a, I don't end up with somebody like that. Right. I mean, <laughs> not saying that this man's not nice. He's right. so nice. He's so nice. He's so nice. Their worlds do not complement each other. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> she calls Tom while he's at the party. And she also called Sam, Leslie. Mm-hmm. They both come over. And Tom's immediately annoyed that she called Sam <laughs> and doesn't understand why they're friends, even though I'm like, but he's lovely. He's the best. And Tom says to him or says to her when he goes to the kitchen, which is like three feet away because she lives in a studio apartment in Manhattan. Right. It's like a curtain away. <laughs> a cur- Literally. And he's like, He's the, he's the straightest gay man. I don't understand why you're friends with him. Um, and he, Sam, <laughs> peeks his head out past the curtain is like, I can hear you. <laughs> like three, three feet, feet away. away. <laughs> yeah. But like not, and this is what I love about him. Cause he's not like coming across as he's offended. He's like, Hey guys, <laughs> three feet away. 
it yeah. was the best. It was the best. Yeah. And then they're like, well, let's watch so a movie. Lonely. And he's like, oh, I was you know, kind of wanting to watch the Ranger game. He's, and that's when I think Tom said, you're like, you're the, the straightest, straightest game in. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, it's very funny, but there was also kind of like a moment when Tom made a little face, like maybe he might be interested in Sam. Uh-huh. So that's uh-huh. cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah. They are. I like them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> They, um, okay, so while all of this is happening, Karen, (laughs) okay, so this was like three degree or two degrees of separation. So what basically happened was there was a bar mitzvah and Ivy was supposed to work the bar mitzvah, but obviously because of what happened to her voice, she couldn't do it. So she gives the job over to one of her friends. Who is also a dancer in the company. And um, if you guys remember, this is the same dancer who, like, used to be kind of a bitch to Karen, but has, like, become friendly with her. Yes. And so she's like, I got a recording gig, so I can't do this. You know, do you want to do it? And Karen Karen just got a huge, like, a credit card bill. So she's, like, very worried about money anyway. Right. Even though, like, all the other dancers are like, I wish my credit card bill was that low. And I was like, <sighs> It was only $360. Yeah. And so yeah. I was thinking the same thing when she said, right. I was like, oh, <laughs> Lord, if only. <laughs> if only the amount of debt I had was 360 right now. <laughs> I mean, college debt. Yeah. So too, and I, I mean, mean, yeah, it's it yeah. all it's all relative. But yeah. so for her, that was a big deal. And so the friend yeah. was like, "It pays five hundred dollars," and she goes, "I'm in." So she takes yes. this slip of paper with that information. She's going to go to Long Island and do this bar mitzvah. The song is "Who You Are" by Jesse J. Oh, Jesse J. I love Jesse J. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, it was great. I feel like Jesse J is all about pro women in her music yeah. as well. Yeah, that it was a great song. It was a great song. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So now jumping back to Karen. So Karen um, and her friend are talking. She takes the gig and she has to go out to Long Island, but she's late because she doesn't understand. Like her, <laughs> her boyfriend even said, do you know how to get there? And she's like, yes, I take the L-I-R-R, which I mean, she said it all out. I take the Long yeah. Island Railroad and then I have to take a car. So he's like, okay, but she still underestimates yeah. what taking the Long Island Railroad means. If and it were like, you and me, we would have left like 12 hours previous. <laughs> we would have given ourselves so much time yeah. and then sat at the station and read a book until it's time to get in a cab and go. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You have to give yourself several hours. Yes. Um, so she gets there. She's late. And so she, she decides to wear a mini dress, which I felt was, um, to go to a Jewish bar mitzvah, (laughs) I felt was, was, you know, oh, what was the word I was going to use? I was going to say it was very, um, 
Courageous. <laughs> it looked, I mean, she looked amazing. I didn't think she it was, totally did. I didn't think it was that mini. Well, it no, didn't seem but, inappropriately mini to me. Like the way right, that. No, I totally agree. But I'm also just like, usually in the Jewish cult- culture, she's very yes. covered up. Much more modest, yes. Yes. So <laughs> Especially for like was, a 13 year old coming, you know, turning yes. into a man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, totally. And so. She was supposed to be singing like Hava Nagila. She did not know those words. <laughs> she did not know those words. It was hilarious. It was. I was like, she oh, was honey. the most unprofessional during this gig. Yes. And she there were no repercussions. No. No. Well, no, there were not. There were no repercussions. I was annoyed with her frequently. The poor yeah. the band was like, Oh no. yeah. They were like, It's really? Hava Nagila, get out here. <laughs> she was like, Yes. Hava, no, 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 no. It was, she had no idea. No idea no. at all. Nope. And then um she did get to pick one song and so uh she picked the song Shake It Off and yep. the kids loved it. They all oh, I, I wrote the horrible preteen dancing. <laughs> I know, but they were so cute. They were adorable. They were absolutely they really adorable. Were. And they were living it. As soon as she they started were. to sing, the entire dance room floor covered with these little 13-year-olds, and they were <laughs> living. It was adorable. But it, it was, was like, adorable. oh, Lord, were, was I ever that awkward? And yes, the answer yes. is yes. Unequivocally, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Same. 13, I, could, I remember, okay, my eighth grade dance. I didn't go. Okay. I was like really nervous about, about going sure. to any kind of a dance. And I had only been at that school that one year. That was my first year at that school. Gotcha. Then freshman year of high school, I went to homecoming. That did not go well. And I left early. <laughs> uh, and then after that, I was like a dancing queen for the rest really? of Really? Oh, girl. Amazing. I love dancing. And I, I'm telling you, People who barely knew me would circle me. <laughs> a dancing fool, and I was good at it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't. But 13, I, I was not. Yeah. 13 no. is awkward. There's you no way around it. Nobody's cool at 13. Not no. even the people that we think are cool at 13 are cool They're at 13. Not. Nobody. No. That is when you are the most awkward. Yes. <laughs> that is when you can, like, live and die for awkward. That's right. <laughs> it's so like, That's when your answer can be, I'm 13. And everyone's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Oh, it's a rough oh. little age. It's not easy. So she sings uh, the, the crap out of this song, Shake It Off. Yeah, you guys know the off. song. Shake it up, shake it up, shake it up, shake it up. Whoa. She sings it. It's amazing. Yeah, she gets, great. so the, the father of Ethan, who was the bar mitzvah of a boy, comes over to the mm-hmm. table as they're all eating at the end of this whole thing. And he's mm-hmm. like, so you've never sung a bar mitzvah before, have you? <laughs> and she goes, that was... and he goes, and you're not Ivy, are you? And she goes, no, I'm really sorry. And he goes, this is from one of our guests and hands mm-hmm. over a card. I'm thinking it's like another family that's like, my boy turns 13 next weekend. You can have, <laughs> you can be our singer, right? But Doubtful. we discover, this is very exciting because we discover <laughs> the next day at rehearsal from the little blonde dancer, she mm-hmm. comes up and she's like, how's the gig? And she's like, I don't think it went very well. And she goes, but did you at least get a tip? And Karen like pulls out the card dejectedly. And yeah. the blonde dancer's like, oh my gosh, 
this is like the biggest agent in all of New York. You have to call him. So like she goes <laughs> off and calls, but like Ivy overhears and Ivy's yeah. like, um, wait, is that the gig that I was supposed to do? And you were, what was the name of the guy? Robert. Um, what do you mean? The name of what guy? Agent. Oh, he is not real. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. He's not a I real person. The name, I was like, well, no, no, no. Cause I'm, I'm I don't think he's a real person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but, oh, so she, she takes my gig and whatever. And she's complaining over to Sam and Sam like gives her a kiss and is like, I love you. Cause you know, yeah. she does ultimately make the decision not to have her fired when they first yeah. start the workshop. So I guess that you can be magnanimous that way, Ivy. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. There's just so much that happened in this episode. <laughs> there was a lot. There so was a lot. much. Oh, but, um, okay, because I know that I mentioned that she was being unprofessional, okay. but like literally you are being paid $500 to sing yeah. for two hours and you're on yeah. your phone the whole time because... It was Tom. Yep. Yes. You want to tell that? Okay, so she was on the phone the whole time because Ivy... The, so as I said, when I started this part of the conversation <laughs> was that Ivy was having her hallucinations and Tom and Sam came over. So Tom t- texted Karen just to say like, please don't tell Ivy, but like, can you potentially be ready yeah. just in case like we need you tomorrow? Be ready tomorrow. Be discreet. Yeah. Be discreet. <laughs> Basically. That was yeah. the text message. And so that's why she was texting back. And she'd already been practicing. Yeah. Um, because she thought she overheard them, like I said, at the piano. And so then um, at the end of the night, he texts again and is like, sorry, false alarm. Yeah. And that's like moments before she gets the card from the <laughs> right. agent. So she just thinks the whole night is a wash, rightfully yeah. so. I mean, I would have thought so too. But we Until do see her day. calling that number, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then cut to <laughs> cut to we're back in the rehearsal room, just as Pamela said, and they've seen the card. She goes to make the phone call. They all come back. They're about and oh this guys. Made me the happiest of any moment we've had so far on this whole show. (laughs) Finally, Ivy, because of the prednisone, honestly. Yeah. The mood swings that that creates. Yeah. I think part of that was, but also part, because I'm going to, let's talk about the scene that leads into it. Okay. Okay, go ahead. They've finished um, the lyrics for that song, uh, History, or uh, whatever. History is made at night. Okay. History is made at night. It's between DiMaggio and Marilyn. Um, We've heard a little bit of it in rehearsals in previous episodes or in a previous episode, but now we're seeing the whole thing on its feet. It's supposed to be very seductive. They're supposed to be essentially having sex at the end of this number, Mm -hmm. but there's a moment when uh, Ivy loses her footing and kind of falls into Michael, and then they both just erupt into laughter, right? It's just just fun. It's just a moment of relief, but it also is like you're like, finally, you're having fun with it because like doing theater when you're not having fun is the worst. Yeah. So you see that they're having fun and it's great. And then all of a sudden you've got douchebag Derek sit up and he's like, um, excuse me, can we please do this? And they're like, whoa, sorry, sorry. And he's like, 
you're supposed to be having sex. You're supposed to be, you, you're looking at each other and, and you, there is, there's absolutely no sex on stage and whatever and blah, 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 whatever he is that he's saying. And she goes, oh, I can do sex. And then he's like, well, you're not doing it as Marilyn. And then she has this moment. Please yes, finish so your great. Thought. It is so great. So great. And she just lays into mm. him in a way we've all needed him to yes. be made into and would love a healthy dose of every episode if we could get it. Yes. And she just says, <laughs> um, she just says, like, I just need to stop sleeping with men who are self-centered and don't give a shit about anyone else. And then, I mean, she just yells at him all the stuff that is 110% true. Yep. And then before she does her final slam says, and you're not even that good looking, which is also true. <laughs> and slams the door and walks out towards the window. And then Tom comes out behind her. I love Tom. I do too. I love him so much. He comes out. Shout out to Christian Borrell. Yes. On the socials, but we love you. <laughs> um, and he comes out. <laughs> and... What, what does Ivy say? She says something to the effect of like, like she like kind of apologizes yeah. for and is like, I, I kind of blew it out there, didn't I? And he doesn't agree with her. He just looks at her and they both burst into laughter. <laughs> it's a great was moment. Beautiful. Yes. It's a gorgeous moment. It's oh, so it was good. wonderful. I was like, I need somebody to lay into him yes. at least once per episode. Well, but you also... To watch the reactions of the people in the room as she's saying it, most especially Eileen, who is smiling ear to ear, watching (laughs) Derek get laid into by this 20-something chorus girl turned Marilyn. Like, it's this amazing moment. And then she, now she's got this weird relationship with Ellis, essentially like a spy relationship, which I don't like. But here's what I do like. And so this is why I'm conflicted. Yeah. I love who she's becoming as a single yes. woman. Yes. As a it's freshly wonderful. independent and powerful woman, right? Yes. I don't like that she's relying so heavily on Ellis. Yeah. Because Ellis is just a no. He's going to backstab you. He's, he did it to Tom. He's going to do it to you, Eileen. Yeah. Ugh. Don't get me started on Ellis. It's like... You know, she she doesn't know, but I will say, um, like you said, it's just wonderful to watch her come into her own. Yeah, and she's so used to like living this one kind of way, and and at the end of the episode, like she the the producer who called her, right? Like I love that scene. We didn't even <laughs> talk about that scene, right? Yeah. So so it's like closer to the beginning of the episode, and her producer friends like in the office. And she gives him the portfolio with like the budget. And she's like, we need seven, five. And he's like, that doesn't seem like a lot for a show. And she's like, well, you know, we have the workshop and then we're going to do an out of town. So that's like what we need for right now. And, uh, (laughs) and, and he, he's like, um, he pushes back a little bit again. And she was like, excuse me, you called me. Saying that you wanted to do this. Yeah. Now you're playing hard to get. And he has this like adorable little coy face like, <laughs> okay, I'll do it. <laughs> because he really wanted to 
do it. You know, this is so cute. So then at the end of the episode, they've been going to this bar and okay. So I don't watch soap operas, but (laughs) from the girls that do, who um, have been watching with me, the gentleman bartender. Oh, he's very attractive. (laughs) Yes. Was on General Hospital. Okay. And I guess a few other soap operas. So um, they knew him. Yeah. He he doesn't say a single thing. He just smolders. Yeah. Not yet. We're going to like him even more as the episode. Oh, I'm sure. I can guarantee you because the very end of the episode is her saying four more martinis. Oh, let's make that five. One for you. And he smolders (laughs) at her. And then it's basically credits. Yeah. It was such a good episode. There was, and I will say, cause I know that the last couple of episodes I've been saying it's all exposition and I'm so annoyed and blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> so much happened in this episode and it all was like, you could finally see where all of the intersections are about to collide. And so it's yeah. like, it's really fun now to see where this yeah. is going, but you all, like, I love the character development and a lot of that is how it's written, but a lot of that is how it's performed. Yeah. And so it's you a great cast. At, yes. An amazing actress like Angelica Houston turning this, what is very two-dimensional character is a very like, you know, devil wears Prada kind of woman, um, Mm. you know, but make her into something that you're like, Oh, okay. I totally understand you. Like, I know I'm not a, you know, a professional Manhattan, you know, woman. I, I never married a rich man. I, I've never worked in the Broadway producing arena, but I totally understand where you are and who you are Mm. and where you're going. Like, that's really awesome. And I, and she's, she's, I will say the character whose journey we've been able to love her from jump. Yeah. Like she's, she, she and Tom, I feel are the two characters that you immediately are like, you know, you see how, especially for her, she's just like fighting (laughs) to do this one thing she loves until as a woman who is at, you know, the top of the heap, right? Mm -hmm. A producer and has produced a few hits is going out on her own and trying to prove herself. And so she feels a deep connection in telling the story of a woman who's going out trying to prove herself. And so, you know, which honestly could be a show all on its own. Oh, totally. And so the fact that she's just this side character, you're like, but that just adds so much dimension to the whole cast. Yeah. And I, and I, um, from what I've been told and what I've read is the show was meant to be HBO first. Oh, so the first script that Teresa Rebeck wrote that pilot, that's what all those actors read. And that's when they all signed on for it when it was okay. still HBO. Wow. And BC got a hold of it. It was a much different script. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> you know, as we can tell, you know, there's, it's, it's why we have sort of a love hate Mm -hmm. feeling about this show because we recognize it's maybe not what it was meant to be. Yeah. Um, and it's maybe not what Teresa wanted it to be or what Steven expected it to be because he had signed on when it was HBO as well, but he felt it was so important to tell some Broadway story because he loves the theater so much. He continued on with it. But it's like the show just, um, it's like, we'll never see the fully realized 
finish. No. But you can see that it's got the potential. It just feels like you it keeps hitting the ceiling. We just we wanna right. we wanna see the fully, you know, but and it's the network television to, ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know? Which, you know, uh, is unfortunate, but at the same time, at least it was in an area of TV that is more inclusive. Right, right. Because, I mean, as much as people like HBO, I've, I don't have HBO. I've never had HBO. So right. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Right. I've only Same. watched Walking, oh no, Walking Dead was AMC, but like that kind of thing too. It's like I watched right. it because it was on Netflix for a second. Right. But like otherwise, you know, you're not going to see these shows unless you right. have a subscription for HBO. And, you know, not in, I don't really care to add more money to my, I know. <laughs> my TV watching. Same. So, so, but NBC, even now you can watch this for free. Um, so it's, it's, this, it is much more inclusive and it's much more, you know, it's uh, accommodating, yeah. I guess, is what I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's accessible. Accessible. That yeah. was the word. Cause I was trying <laughs> to say, I was going to say accepting and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> this is where my brain goes. Uh, so yeah, that's fun. But yeah, that was a good episode. It was, it was. Yeah. And so now Eileen, instead of being on the Upper East Side, is now on the Lower East Side. Yep. Go to a bar that has a terrible name. Called the Bushwhack. <laughs> yeah, she, I love, she was like, that's a terrible name, and burst into laughter. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, why would I pay $21 for martini when I can get one for $7? That's much better. Yes. <laughs> And like, I'm sure all of my Midwest friends are like a martini for $7, right. <laughs> but that's all relative too. It, it's true. Yeah. I go to, um, like, I'm not a drinker, but you know, in New York, my Shirley temples are in a glass. <laughs> yes. And when I go down South, they're in a plastic cup. Yep. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little yep. bit different. They do a little cherry. And then, and then we have mixologists, again, don't drink, who I can be like, ah, whatever. I just don't want alcohol. And they come up with amazing things down south. Coke? We got Coke <laughs> or Sprite. I'm just saying. It's true. Pay for what you get, you know? Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. Plus, you got to pay for the person's rent. Yes. And the rent is much more expensive here. That's... <laughs> Absolutely true. Uh, have you been reading all these articles about people like abandoning New York and how like now there's like two thoughts or two, two, you know, perspectives on it. One is like the people that left when this all first happened because yes. they didn't see a future in staying in New York if they weren't going to be working and blah, blah, blah. And you right. can totally exp- but then you've got this other half of the people that are like, how dare you leave and then come back and tell us that New York isn't the New York that you thought it could be, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, get out of here. If you don't like it, get out. That kind of like. Yeah, it's yeah. Such a New York mentality. You can hear yes. even the New York accent saying it. You're like, "Hey, get out of here! You don't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, Forget about it." I have, uh, um, and I've also seen on Twitter, you know, people, um, people who love New York, seeing other people say, you know, that that New York is dead. They, okay, so uh, here's the thing: I I left New York in March, but not permanently. Right. Um, I love New York. Yeah. It is my home. 
it is the place in my entire life that I've ever felt the most like myself, that I fit into the land of misfit toys, which is what I call New York City lovingly, because as a person who always felt like they kind of stuck out and didn't really fit anywhere, um, it's the place where I feel like I do fit the most. And so I see what's happening to it and things are so different. Yeah. But I see that happening not just in places people live, but in industries. Yeah. And, um, you know, Pamela and I had a long conversation about like mental health, especially the week that we're recording this was, was difficult. But we're also talking about like the way people saw 2020. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was already making fun of churches that were going to being, being a church goer, uh, for my whole life and knowing that people usually have some cheesy <laughs> like year, year statements. Yeah. I was like already getting annoyed that it was going to be 2020 vision. But what I see is like a clearing out and a cleaning out. Yeah. And that things that we have not been paying attention to are being brought to the surface because they absolutely need to be dealt with. And um, I think New York City Honestly, people leaving it getting cheaper Mm -hmm. because rents are going down. Like I've been looking. Oh yeah. (laughs) I might have to start looking to be honest. Yes. Or maybe just text, text my landlady and be like, Hey, uh, (laughs) what kind of discount can you offer me? (laughs) I mean, it's like, I've been looking and I'm like, it could be viable to like have. And so in thinking about those things and like, what an upheaval this has all been. I think instead of being like, this isn't the New York we used to know, which it isn't, mm-hmm. we can look forward to a new New York yeah. that allows, you know, hopefully eventually when things open back up, artists to be able to afford a place. Yeah. But there's a lot of students coming in and getting like thousand dollar discounts on apartments. Yeah. Because landlords are like, we need tenants. Yep. You know? And it's like, so so maybe some rich people ha- leave. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh. Right? Y'all did the damage. <laughs> so now yes. you can leave and maybe that damage can be mitigated. That's right. Bye, girl. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not sad. But here's, <laughs> and here's the flip side of that. Because yeah. I know a lot of people that have left because Broadway has been shut down and will yeah. be shut down. And that was where they were making their, lo- their livelihood. That's and right. If you, can't, if you cannot pay for your rent, regardless of whether it's $1,000 cheaper or not, right. then you can't stay here. It is not, right. It's not a city that you can live in if you are not working. That's right. So, and I know that a lot of people have kind of taken offense at other people saying, bye, girl, not right. really realizing that when you say that it could be taken that way from the people that are leaving based on mm-hmm. not being able to feed their families. So right, I just right, want right. to, and I know that that's not where you're coming right. from. And I think our listeners do as well. Right. But just, I mean, New York is this weird kind of place right now and it's not bad. It's not a bad thing. No, it's no, kind of refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right. Is like, uh, and 
Yeah, everybody listening should know. I mean, I did a whole episode on being an arts hero because I want us to be supporting <laughs> right <laughs> artists and making sure they have income. I'm like, you guys, if you think I was talking about theater artists, you are wrong. Um, but I do feel like once, and like I said, once things get back up and running in a way that like artists can actually make income or some of them are like, pivoting and some of them are teaching classes and finding other ways to like make their living so they can some have left and plan on coming back others may not be able to um but the other cool thing is you know like I said at the top of like this little piece was um I said a number of cities right yeah what's happening in other cities are artists are moving to like Cleveland Ohio and these other cities And hopefully we'll have these little pop-up arts communities. Yeah. And kids and young people who were not um, introduced to the arts in a way that like a lot of people here in New York have been able to be. Now those kids have Broadway caliber actors in their backyard, you know? And so there's a, you know, I, listen guys, dark headspace I do <laughs> frequently but you know I am I am also seeing um some some good here yeah. that we can glean and sort of hold on to so that we can push through and make it through yeah and on that note <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening thanks guys we appreciate you yes, we love we you thank you for going on the smash journey with us we'll talk to you later <laughs> Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, drop us a note at TGABY at gmail.com you can also support us by going to patreon.com forward slash t-g-a-b-w-a-y until next time geeks hey it's leslie Odom jr here on the broadway podcast network to tell you about the rise theater directory a program of maestro music rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds if you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.